Welcome to the North Rock Church Podcast. For more great content and updates, visit northrockchurch.com. Enjoy the message. Good morning. Oh my gosh, that was so amazing this morning. Right? Could you just feel the presence of the Lord here? Yeah, it was good. Um, I hope you guys are all doing well today. Um, I agree with Tiff. I don't know if I don't recognize you or if I, just because of your masks or if you're new, but welcome. We're excited that you're here with us this morning. Um, as Pastor Josh was just saying, we are starting a new sermon series, um, Waking Up in the Wilderness, a study in Philippians. And it's my privilege to kind of set the stage for our study for over the next four weeks. Um, honestly, there's so much to talk about in the book of Philippians in those four short little chapters. Um, but I'm, there's only a few things that we can actually get to in this amount of time this morning. I would encourage you though, read the book of Philippians every week for the next four weeks. Let's just all be on the same page together as we're studying this out. Well, when I started preparing for this morning, um, I wanted to know the history and the culture. If you know me at all, I love history, and I want to know the backstory of everyone. And so I wanted to know where the Philippian church was and where it started and all of that. The book of Philippians um, is, again, so interesting. But don't worry, I'm not going to give you a history lesson, um, even though that would bring joy to my heart. One of the first things that popped out to me when I started digging in and checking out different resources, oh my gosh, you could Google the book of Philippians and see all kinds of things. Um, But the first thing that popped out to me was joy, that this is a book of joy. And I thought, if we're entering the wilderness, joy, that's not what I would put together, right? And so, um, but it really resonated with me. First, as I look into this season that we're in, this little bit of craziness that we've got ourselves in right now, um, how do we find joy in the midst of that? Second, I remembered that the Lord um, had us gather together as a church and pray at the beginning of January. Do you guys remember? We prayed for the beginning of the 21 days of fasting and prayer. And a few of the things that the Holy Spirit Um, We were praying right here that led us to pray were four things, and I'm going to talk about them really quickly, that we would truly love one another, that we would have unity in the spirit, that we would have joy in the Lord, and that we would rejoice in him, in who he is, and who we are in him. And that's profound, because We didn't know what was going to happen in 2020, right? But the Lord had already started preparing our hearts to have joy. And in this same prayer time, the Lord confirmed in my heart what my word for the year is. And for those of you that don't know what that means, I I like a friend of mine started this and um, we just pick a word. We pray about it and see if that, if we're confirmed with that. But my word this year is joy. When I first got that word at the beginning of 2020, I was excited, right? Because joy, like how this is going to be an awesome year, right? I was so excited for all the reasons that you could possibly think about. But when I kept thinking about 
this word joy, the scripture that kept coming to my mind was, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, when you face trials of many kinds. And I thought, oh, well, well, that probably doesn't go with my word, right? I looked at the message version, too. Consider it a sheer gift, friends, when tests and challenges come at you from all sides. Oh, my goodness, tests and challenges. Well, I didn't want that. I wanted the joy. I didn't want the tests and the challenges. So this wasn't exactly what I was expecting. But I thought, well, I've faced challenges and tests before. Surely the Lord, you know, would see me through it, obviously. And it wouldn't be very bad if my word for the year is joy. How bad could it be anyway? Well, and then we hit March 2020. Oh, my goodness. I think back about the end of last year, 2019, and I had this hopefulness for me, for my family, for my church family. There was just this sense of something was going to happen. It was going to be a pivotal year. Yep. But I had no idea. I wasn't sure what the Lord was going to do, but I knew he was preparing us for something. So that's kind of where my heart was at the beginning of the year. And then as the year progressed, um, I, I keep remembering joy and then facing trials of many kinds. Um, so I feel like this is just a good word for me today, but a good word for the rest of us today as we face these trials. So can you guys join me in praying over this message? Father God, I thank you for this time. I thank you for um, this opportunity to gather before you, Lord, to gather together as a church body, to learn about joy in the midst of trials. Um, Lord, I thank you that you are going to open our hearts and our minds, help us to see and hear what you would have to say to each one of us and to us as a church body. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I love the little ones being in church with us. It's kind of fun. Okay, before we start reading the actual letter of Philippians, we have to know the story. Okay, so I'm going to tell you a little bit of the story of where, of Philippians, of its founding. And we have to go to the book of Acts, chapter 16, to see it. I'm not going to read the whole thing. I'm just going to give you kind of a synopsis of it. But it is in Acts, chapter 16, if you want to go back and read it later. Um, Paul was on his second missionary journey. He was going back out to encourage the churches that he had already planted. And he had come upon um, a, a place where he could go into Asia, but the Holy Spirit stopped him. He had the opportunity to go into another place, but the Holy Spirit stopped him. And then he had a vision. A man of Macedonia called out to him and said, come here and help us. And so he woke up, they got ready, and they left to go to Macedonia, which is actually Greece, Europe. So when Paul landed in Philippi, which is in Macedonia, um, he had a, a thing that he just did every time. He would go to a synagogue and pray. Well, in Philippi at that time, they did not have a synagogue because they didn't have 10 Jewish men. I didn't know that. That was kind of a fun little side note. So he went to the river outside the city gate to pray. And he came upon some women, Lydia being one of them. And she was a dealer in purple cloth. So she was a businesswoman. She had probably some money. This was 
a wealthy city back in the day. Paul opened up the word to her, gave her the good news of the gospel. You see, she had already believed in the Lord. She knew him. She knew, she knew God, and she worshipped him, it says. But when Paul presented the good news of the gospel of Jesus, she readily received it. She was baptized, and then her whole family was baptized. They invited Paul and his companions to come and stay with them. So here starts the church in Philippi. They would keep going down to the river to pray, which I think there's a song. I was going to sing that, but no. Um, go down to the river to pray. And um, one at one time, there was a slave woman uh, that was possessed by a spirit. She was making a lot of money for her um, owners. And Paul cast the spirit out of her. Well, this messed with their money. This messed with their financial way of how they were going to be able to make a living. And so they dragged Paul and Silas into the marketplace. And they um, brought them before the magistrates and said, these Jewish men are causing trouble in our city. And so the magistrates had them beaten. They didn't even have a trial. They just had them beaten. And they said, throw them in jail. So they threw them in jail. Not even just the out, you know, like, I don't know what jails looked like back then, but the center part of the jail because they wanted to keep them secure. And they put them in stocks so they couldn't even move at night. And then we find Paul and Silas not grumbling, not complaining. They were praying and praising and worshiping God. They had just been beaten. They couldn't move, but they could praise, and they did. And all of a sudden, an earthquake hit. This earthquake was so powerful that it shook the jail. It shook the doors open, and it opened up the locks on their feet. They were free. They could go. The jailer came running, and it says that he drew his sword because he was going to end it all. He thought, if these prisoners are gone, my life is over. And Paul called out to him and said, don't, we're still here. Could you imagine? You've been beaten. You're in a jail cell. Everything has been open to you. And all of a sudden, you have this opportunity, right? But you stay. And the jailer, it touched his heart. It had to have touched his heart. Because he walked into their jail cell and he said, sirs, what do I need to do to be saved? There we are. So Paul opened up the good news of Jesus to them. They were ba- he, the jailer was baptized. His family was baptized. He invited Paul and Silas into their home, fed them, took care of their wounds. So you see, the church was growing. I'm sure there were more. I don't, we don't know who all the people are um, at the beginning of the church in Philippi, but that just sets the stage. Paul knew these people. They took care of him. They cleansed his wounds. They fed him. They became um, Christians because of his news, uh, the good news of Jesus. So this is the letter. These are the people that Paul is writing to when he's writing the book of Philippians. I felt like we just needed to know that. So now let's start reading from Philippians chapter 1. It starts off, Paul and Timothy Servants of Jesus Christ. This is who it's from. To all God's holy people in Christ Jesus at Philippi, together with all the overseers and deacons. 
Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God every time I remember you and all my prayers for all of you. I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from this day until now. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Now, I'll stop right there. I could read the whole book. It would tell the story. Like, we, it would be awesome. But I feel like we need to just camp on joy for a little bit. Joy in the Greek is kara, which means joy, <laughs> delight, and gladness. It's not really a special um, definition of it because I, I like to look up words and find out what they mean in the Greek and all of that good stuff. So it's just what you would expect joy to be. I was watching a, um, a YouTube video from Dr. John Piper, and he gave this definition of joy. And I thought, oh, that's really good. It's a good feeling in the soul produced by the Holy Spirit as he causes us to see the beauty of Christ in word and in works. Let me say that again. It's a good feeling in the soul produced by the Holy Spirit. He produces it. As he causes us to see the beauty of Christ in the word, in the word, and in the work that we're doing. Let me ask you, what brings you joy? If you had to just sit quickly, think about what brings you joy. There was a couple of things I saw this morning that I thought, oh, that would bring me joy. There's like a box of donuts sitting up here. And I thought, ooh, that's really nice. Even though probably not for me. <laughs> what brings you joy? For me, I like watching my grandkids. Oh, my goodness, it brings such joy. They have such energy that I wish I could tap into. That brings me joy. I enjoy when I get to sit with a good friend and tell really good God's stories about what he's doing in our lives. That brings me joy. Well, it brings you joy. I feel like I want to bring this up because sometimes I think we can get so caught up in our day-to-day lives, like just surviving, taking on the next thing, that we forget to take a look at what brings us joy and just sit in it for a minute. I even thought of, you know, there might be some people that like to ride a snowboard down the mountain or ski because we live in this beautiful state, right? Yeah, that's not me, but that might be you. So what brings me joy? Maybe not what brings you joy, right? But God knows us all. He has us. He knows every one of us individually. For Paul, one thing it says right in the scripture That brings him joy is partnership in the gospel with the church in Philippi. It was a partnership. That word in the Greek, because you know I'm going to bring it up, is koinonia. It means fellowship, participation, contributory help. They gave money to him. Fellowship in the spirit and sharing in all things. I hope I pronounced that right, but koinonia. Isn't that a beautiful description of a, a, just a friendship, a partnership? Paul had that with the church in Philippi. He had a team of supporters there and friends 
And isn't that what we have here at North Rock and in this Thornton area? There's even other churches. We have a camaraderie. We have a partnership. Because the thing that binds us together is Jesus. And we are better together. We say that all the time here. We are. We're better together. If we're out on our own, trying to do our own thing, we can get so lost. But to have koinonia, partnership, a friendship, that's a beautiful thing. And Paul recognized that, and he could pray with joy because he had that. Could we pray with joy because we have this partnership in our church, this koinonia friendship? Yes, and amen. There are a few places, a few more places that Paul talks about joy and suffering, joy and grief. Um, and I think here this man is. Now, as he's writing, I didn't, I didn't tell you guys this, but he, as he's writing this letter to the Philippians church, <laughs> he's sitting in a Roman jail cell. He's in jail again. He has been through shipwrecks. He has been beaten. He has been stoned. He has been through so many different things. And I think how in the world could he have joy and ask us to have joy as we're facing the trials that, that they were facing at the time. Paul alludes to it in the book that they were having some struggles as well. How could we have that? Because his Joy, remember, is produced by the Holy Spirit. And it's not canceled out when we suffer or when we grieve. I like how Dr. Piper put it in his YouTube video. Suffering and joy can happen simultaneously. And sometimes I I forget that. Like with my word of the year, right? I can have joy, don't want the suffering. But sure enough... Joy and suffering and grieving can happen simultaneously. When I started thinking about this, okay, I'm going to talk about my grandkids. Um, Just so you know, I am a grandma. I'm a proud grandma of two. Um, Zoe, my youngest, she's three, and she was so heartbroken in March when she couldn't go back to her Nana's house. Now, her Nana is her babysitter that she gets to go to three times a week. And she has fun. She has friends there. She learns. She has such a good time. And all of a sudden, no more. You can't go back because of this, this thing that we're, we're going through, this virus. And I watched her talk about it through the summer. Now, okay, granted, I get to spend a lot more time with her because she doesn't get to go to Nana's house, which I know I... But I loved it because that brought me joy. Um, But for her, she really missed her friends. And she kept bringing up their names and talking about them. And when we would say our prayers at night, she would pray for them. Just the cutest thing. So last week, when she finally got to go back to Nana's house, oh my gosh. The girl was so excited she could barely contain herself. But Jace, my oldest grandson, he got to come to my house because he didn't have any place to go because of the school situation and all of those things. So he got to come and spend some time with us. Well, Zoe had a conundrum. Do I go to Nana's house 
or do I go to Mimi's house, right? And she chose to go to Nana's house. Now, okay, honestly, I was a little sad because I like to spend time with them. But at the same time, I was so happy for her because she got to see her friends. She got to see her Nana. She got to go swimming. She got to go do all these things. Do you see where I'm getting with this? She had so much joy, and that brought joy to me at the same time that I was a little sad that I didn't get to spend the day with her. And I know that's just a very simple little little thing, but it's true for a lot of different things. If we could just stop and think about those things for a little bit. And then Jace. So Jace, he um, is seven. He's learning about family dynamics. And he understands that his, he has a set of grandparents with his mom. He has a set of grandparents with his dad. And he knows his great-grandparents, or most of them. But he realizes that he doesn't have a, a great-grandma from me because my mom has passed away. And he looked at me the other day and he said, and we've had many of conversations about this. And he said, Mimi, I'm really sad. I said, why are you sad today? And he said, because I, I didn't get to meet your mom. And I thought, oh, I didn't even know that that would affect him in that way. And I'm like, yeah, Chase, you know what? I'm sad too. But one day we are going to get to see her in heaven. So I got to share with him about meeting her in heaven. So at the same time, we're kind of sitting in just the sadness that he didn't get to meet her. But then a joy that we eventually do get to see her in heaven. And what a glorious day that's going to be. I remember the scripture from James, remember? Count it. Consider it all joy, my brothers, when you face trials of many kinds. I feel I would be remiss if I didn't share the rest of that section. Consider it pure joy when you face trials of many kinds. Because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking in anything. You see, joy and grief and suffering can happen simultaneously. And I'm sure if you sat and thought about it for a minute, you could come up with some stories of your own. We see this played out even in the life of Jesus, right? When we think about it. Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, for the joy that's set before him. He endured the cross. I always choke up when I read that. Scorning its shame. And he sat down at the right hand of God. I think I still choke up about that because of how beautiful that is. Jesus, fully God and fully man. He was innocent. He didn't deserve the death that he had. But for the joy that set before him, he endured the cross so that we all could have relationship with him. And that's the bottom line. 
that, if you have anything else to take away from this, remember what Jesus did for you. The joy in him, because that brings joy for us. At the same time, I'm thinking about what an awful way to die, and he didn't deserve it. I have to be honest and say I'm a little joyful about that too because it meant that I could be forgiven, that I could be made whole, and I can have relationship with him. So let's think about those things. Jesus says in John chapter 15, he talks about joy. It starts off with the vine and the branches. I won't read the whole section again. John 15, you guys can go back and read it. But he says that we must remain in him to bear fruit, to show ourselves as his disciples. We must remain in him. And then starting in chapter in verse 9, it says, As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love. He gives it right there. Just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love, I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. His joy can be in us and our joy can be complete as we allow him to love us as we allow him to grow us, as, allow, as we allow him to do these, the Holy Spirit to come in and work these things out in our lives. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your, your joy, your joy that can come in even in the midst of grieving and suffering. That's not something that we can... Put a happy face on about, Lord. You just produce that in us, and I am so thankful for that. Lord, thank you for the joy of salvation, that even though you had to go to the cross for us, Lord, that we can be saved because of it. Lord, help us to remember the joy in our koinonia. Help us to remember that we are better together in community, that we can encourage each other and spur each other on. Lord, give us eyes to see your good work that you're doing, that we might see joy in these places. And I'll pray what we prayed at the beginning of the year. Father, would you help us to truly love one another? Would you help us to have unity in the Spirit? Please help us to have joy in you and help us to rejoice in you, especially when things seem to be going a little squirrely. Lord, help us to rejoice in you, in who you are, in who we are in you. Father, I thank you for this time. I thank you for this church family, that we can bless one another and encourage one another as we go. And I'll just close with this um, prayer from the book of Philippians. And this is my prayer. This is Paul, but this is for us too. That your love may abound more and more in the knowledge and depth of insight so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ 
to the glory and praise of God. Amen. Amen. Now, I'm not going to end it quite right there, because if this is news to you, having a relationship with Jesus, the fact that he did go to the cross and shed his blood so that we could have eternal life, I would love to be able to pray a prayer with you that we pray here every week. If this is your first time, I would love to meet you after the service. If this is your 500th time, like I don't even know how many times I've prayed this because I've been here for so long. Let's pray it like we mean it. Lord Jesus, I invite you into my life. I believe that you died on the cross for my sins and that you rose from the grave three days later. I receive forgiveness for every failure and sin in my life, and I give to you the right to direct my life from this day forward. I dedicate myself to learning the scripture, living in fellowship with God's people, and following you in water baptism. In Jesus' name, I pray and I trust. Amen. Amen. All right. This week, I want you guys to go and think about what brings you joy. Even if you're in the middle of something that you're going through, it's really tough. Help, let us know how we can pray for you. Drop us an email and we'd be happy to pray with you. And don't forget the challenge. Read through the book of Philippians this week so we can all kind of be on the same page together. All right, that's it. That's all we have. I hope you guys have a good week. great week. Thanks for listening to the North Rock Church Podcast. For more information about our church and upcoming events, check us out at northrockchurch.com or you can find us on Facebook or Instagram.